how do you get the parts into your system to be able to do the match? And that's sort of where our secret sauce is, where we're able to work with the vendors to be able to ingest their data such that it's done in a very automated fashion. And we have sort of our technology is what matches it and allows us to do the data cleansing and so on and so forth to be able to provide that data to customs brokers as required. Before we get started with the show, here's a quick word from our sponsor, Global Training Center. As trade compliance professionals, you want to make sure that your procedures and documentation are completed as correctly as possible to avoid any delays and possible fines. We provide a range of trade compliance courses that will fit your needs. From in-person or web training to recorded on-demand courses, we can train one or even thousands on your team through your learning platform or on our portal. We can even customize a private session for your team. Go to globaltrainingcenter.com to find out more. So we're kind of reaping a little bit of the rewards of that conference we went to. Uh, we're, we're still uh, gaining some uh, more audience, more uh, followers, et cetera, which is really good. You know, we, we still encourage people to, to have us on their, on their feed by following us and, you know, rating us, uh, again, any rating is good for us. You know, we, that way we know we're doing good or bad, but, um, I wanted to say, we also are picking up and still have, um, some great people we met at the, at the conference. And, uh, this today's episode is going to be one of those where we met um, this next guest. Uh, we met him mm -hmm. at the conference and he was, um, you know, really wanting to get on the show, but, you know, of course we ran out of time or whatever, you know, we, we were all working uh, booths and uh, sponsorships and everything. So, but anyway, so we have, um, we have a guest that, that really interesting topic. I, 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 it kind of follows or flows into what we've talked in the past. You know, we had a few episodes on uh, supply chain and so, we had some good ones there uh, at the conference. We were uh, for those listening again. We were at the ICPA conference in the uh, uh, Dallas area, um, the fall conferences they had it. And uh, I mean, Lala, I'll tell you that was our first, if you will, I guess public event event since we've launched our uh, podcast. And it was very humbling because we uh, there were people that came up and were uh, you know had been listening to us. And, uh, it was great. Uh, and since then we've had, uh, an increase in, uh, people downloading it, subscribing to our podcast and whatnot. So Lalo on behalf of Lalo and the global training center and all that, I want to reach out to our listeners for a second. Thanks. Um, thank you for what you're doing. Um, we are, you know, seem to be on an upward trend here for listenership. And that said, uh, I, I just, you know, please pass the word because we are getting to a point where we need a little help to get pushed to the next level up. But, uh, so far it's been great. And I'm looking forward then to, uh, in follow up, like you said, Lala for today and, uh, folks, as far as all the things that we're talking about today's show is going to be something where if you're an executive or upper management, uh, you've got a staff, that you want to empower them with the right systems, knowledge, skills, and things of that nature and teamwork effort. But a key element of that <clears throat> is visibility to what you've got and, you know, what's in your pipeline, what's coming in, what, what are you, uh, what are you going to be doing so that you're even from an operations perspective, uh, if you know what's coming, 
you're able to plan for it. You're able to handle it. You've got staffing and, and schedule set. Um, from a compliance standpoint, what am I dealing with? Is it, you know, if I've got so much money there, I'm going to have to spend on duties and taxes. What about from an accounting perspective? What about from an entry quality perspective? If we got the T's crossed and I's dotted. So having that visibility, I think Lalo is going to be one of those things that's going to be phenomenal as we start looking into, you know, the supply chains and managing it. It's more than just import export type stuff. It's more of you have to literally manage what you've got on behalf of your company. So I'm looking forward to this. Once you introduce right, yeah. our guest. Yeah. Uh, so we have here uh, on the podcast that uh, we have uh, Grant Cernick, if uh, I think I got that right, but uh, Grant, he'll correct me. But um, uh, he's from Third Wave. He's um, I've seen him for many years out there in the uh, on, on uh, for, for the sponsorships for, for the uh, ICPA conference. So, uh, Grant, welcome. Thanks for uh, coming on our show and uh, and also for um, for coming up on our at the conference and introducing yourself. Well, thank you so much. I, I want to thank you guys uh, for having me on the show, but also thank you guys for doing what you're doing. We were chatting just a little bit offline before we started and um I really think you guys are doing a real service for the industry. Um, the guests that you have on are real and have real stories to tell and real knowledge to share. And I hope that I can live up to uh, what you guys have been working on <laughs> thus far. And uh, I'm really excited to be part of this podcast and uh, help in whatever way I can. Cause I think um, there's, there's certainly a lot of, of lack of understanding and misconceptions and just complications, generally speaking, in the international trade and transportation space. And the better we collectively can understand how it works and propose solutions to solve real problems, I think we'll all be better off. And, and if I can help with that in any way or be part of it, then um, I say, you know, amen to that. Grant, let's jump in here on some things is that uh, we're talking about uh, as far as the supply chain. So first off, <clears throat> with your company, it's third wave, Correct. right? That's how we yep. say it. All right. So right off the bat, let me ask it. Who is your main contact as far as your clients then goes? Yeah. So they would generally fall into one of two categories, either the head mm -hmm. of international transportation, which could be in the guise of like a director of international transportation or the manager of international transportation, right. something like that. Or it could be a trade compliance professional who needs to manage their, their international trade compliance and or um, self-filing operations. And self-filing something that Third Wave enables, uh, we automate that process to really make it a, a reasonably straightforward thing. There are a number of different advantages that you get from being able to self-file your customs entries, not the least of which is cost savings. But um, as far as being agile and being aware of where your products are and that you have customs clearance and so on and so forth. And so the companies that have that kind of challenge where they want to know immediately when their goods are released, the best and fastest way to do that is to self-file your entries and get the response immediately as to whether or not it's customs released. All right. So let's take that. <clears throat> yeah, the one thing that I like what I was hearing right off the bat is you're talking about transportation folks and compliance folks. So both of them, and I would assume, even though you may have a primary contact 
or a primary sponsor from one function or the other, the, the compliance in or the logistics transportation in, um, uh, I, it sounds like with your process, you just about any entity or department probably would have access to the system in, the, in an appropriate manner. Right? That's right. So they can, no, that's exactly right. I mean, okay. so, so here's, here's the thing that, um, I think a lot of companies lose, um, they sort of lose the story as to what is happening in their inbound supply chain. And, and it really is inbound mm-hmm. to an extent it's outbound, but it, it's, it's less of an issue on outbound as it relates to transportation mm-hmm. or supply chain and, and trade compliance. And, and that is that in your inbound supply chain, you're moving goods through a shipment of some sort, whether that's a container or it could be an, any, any kind of move. And inside that container is product. And mm-hmm. when that's moving, what you're doing when you're declaring an entry for customs purposes is translating the goods that are inside that container shipment through a language into a language that customs understands so that they can process your duties and, and fees and taxes and so on. But it's the same thing. They're the same products and they need to be consistent. I mean, the whole point of trade compliance is to be compliant against the regulations. But the re- regulations say that the the products that you're moving in must be the products that you declare. That it's the same information, just translated, right? And so yeah. most companies manage those two processes totally separately, right? You have a transportation group that's moving Trans- yeah. transportation units, if they're right. containers, they're containers or whatever. And then you have separate, separately a trade compliance group that manages their customs brokers who are operating totally independently. And somehow, some way, that information is meant to somehow reconcile and be consistent. And we all know, because we've all had to deal with data in two different systems, that the odds that that those two data sets are going to remain consistent, especially when there's a translation of some sort that needs to be uh, imputed into that, that they're going to be consistent and reconcilable mm-hmm. is pretty close to zero, right? And so within the trade compliance world, there's this whole thing about, oh, are you auditing your your customs entries? And um, how much are you auditing? And how many data elements do you audit? And so on and so forth. Third wave's perspective is, hey, wait, wait a second. It's the same data. It just needs to be translated. It should all be done together. And then if you have that information and you can translate it really easily, well, it's just a click of a button to actually file it with customs, right? And so, yes, you get to cut out the customs broker middleman if you want. I mean, you can also just send the data to your customs broker and say, hey, file this on our behalf. But you, it's, it's an e- a much easier process to both keep consistent and also streamline your process and, and work together transportation and trade compliance to have one single view of the world so that's sort of all right with that said okay that's that but with all due respect that's a panacea you mean to tell me that you're going to go and and try and get people together in the different areas so here's here's the big challenge i mean one of the I'll, i'll say this for example is you're talking about the imports and with the imports, there's usually like a factory somewhere offshore. That factory was sourced by your, let's just call it the purchasing, but to, you know, the sourcing or purchasing folks. And so a purchase order was issued 
and it says you're going to make 10,000 widgets. We will order them up at 500 widgets at a time. We'll tell you when, where to ship it, and all of that. And as it comes in, you know, the scenario there is usually then you've got the logistics folks that have been pulled in to negotiate whatever transportation contracts with whatever mode that they are moving in, whether it's ocean or air, if it's an offshore scenario and all that. Uh, it gets to the uh, states. It could be, you know, a multimodal scenario where it goes ocean, rail, truck to the final destination. However, all that's fine, well, and good. And then you got the customs brokerage piece that's over here. And, oh, yeah, we got to get it cleared and, and whatnot. Nine times out of ten, I always hear the broker or the import compliance folks will complain about uh, the, the paperwork, or they'll say, I'm not, don't use the, the information on the, the, um, uh, manufacturer's paperwork that they put on, from the factory. And I always ask the question, well, why is it? Oh, you can't rely on it. They just put anything down. I was like, well, well, no, wait a minute. Why are you not putting all of the required information on that paperwork up front? And they're going, we don't have control over our vendors or over our, uh, suppliers. And I'm like, time out. <laughs> if you're a compliance person, your company has found this and sourced it out. There's a purchase order issued and all that. They know what to ship, where to ship, when to ship it, and what to put on the paperwork so that they get paid for those goods, right? Therefore, it sounds like you've got control. You've just, the compliance folks have not been able to exercise any uh, set of influence here in this. So the question I've got for you, because purchasing is looking for bigger, better, faster, cheaper. Transportation is looking for quick cycle times and low transportation rates. Customs compliance is looked at as if they're the stepchild that always gets in the way of everything and uh, and hangs things up right so how are you talking about with your systems and your processes um how do you get everybody to play in the same sandbox without getting upset yeah well firstly i I gotta we we gotta hire you andy because you you explain the inbound supply chain in a scenario (laughs) uh better than i possibly could but it's exactly as you said i mean you're placing an order with a with a vendor overseas and um the first thing I think to note is that um, I, I appreciate sort of your your perspective on compliance, like you're in compliance and you should be able to get your vendors to be compliant. But the simple fact is, is the vendors overseas come in a lot of different flavors, right? And you have, um, if you're Walmart, okay, you can get your overseas vendors to jump. If they want to play with you, you get them to jump. But if you're not, then your ability to really impact them and what they're able or capable of doing is um, is variable, right? You you oftentimes don't have control over that, and so from a third wave perspective, we sort of um, take the perspective we don't get to choose who our customers get to play with, and we have to imagine that the scenario that they say where we don't have control over what they send us, and that that information isn't particularly good or or correct or relevant, whatever the case may be, has to be taken at face value. And so what they're really saying is, listen, I'm, I'm sending you 500 widgets, as you said, and there might be an HTS code on that paperwork, but it's not their job to have the right 
classification on it. It's my job as the importer of record to say, oh, this widget that I am importing as the IOR has this HTS code. And if it doesn't match with the paperwork, fine. I, I would say more often than not, there just isn't an HTS code on the paperwork. How about that? But um, so somebody has to classify it. And the bigger problem is not on the vendor side where they're putting the wrong HTS code. It's on the broker side where the, the, the importer has their database of product and they will be sharing that with the broker. And for some reason, whatever that is, those two databases are not consistent or in sync. And now all of a sudden you have a problem where they're filing product on your behalf with the HTS code that they have, which doesn't happen to be right for any number of reasons, right? And so our perspective would be, hey, listen, the vendor is going to tell you what they're shipping you, the quantity, the SKU, whatever it is. They have to be able to define that. And they, they would know that. Now, when that information comes in, you have to be able to marry what they're sending you with your HTS codes and databases, duty rates, free trade agreements, whatever else there is that's involved in that, to then be able to either send that to your broker so that they're filing the correct information or file it directly with customs. And that's what, so third wave, so the trick then is, okay, well, in order to provide the HTS code and match that or marry that to a part how do you get the parts into your system to be able to do the match? And that's sort of where our secret sauce is, where we're able to work with the vendors to be able to ingest their data such that it's done in a very automated fashion. And we have sort of our technology is what matches it and allows us to do the data cleansing and so on and so forth and be able to provide that data to customs brokers as required. Hey everyone, we're getting ready for another annual ICPA event coming up the week of March 12th in Orlando, Florida. If you have been thinking of attending any of the ICPA conferences, this is the one you should not miss. There will be more sessions than any other conference with a guaranteed sellout, so hurry and get your tickets today. We are also excited to share that Simply Trade podcast will be in the attendance and we want you to be part of our show. Listen to episodes 14, 15 and 16 to find out why you can't miss this conference. All right, Grant, let me stop for just a second. I want to uh, interject something here, especially for our listeners. If you are a new a newbie, a, a, a rookie, somebody right. that has gotten thrown into this mix, and, and you're going through and trying to, especially if you've been put in charge or in management, you step into any kind of form of management, whether it's logistics, compliance, or whatever, one of the backbones of import processing is talking about the classification and Grant alluded to the classification, any special tariff treatments, such as if you're going to use the USMCA, which is NAFTA 2.0, as some people call it, GSP or some other special, you know, Israel, U.S. free trade agreement, Australian, U.S. free trade agreement, any kind of free trade agreement. So you've got the classification, you've got country of origin, you've got part numbers, you've got, you know, whatever. The question I was just going to say is that as we're talking through this, you need to be looking to see, well, how does our company do this? Is it manual? Is it a spreadsheet? Is it something that is done systemically? And if so, where does the system get the information from? So as we're talking through it, I want you to give that some perspective. If you're an executive, uh, you need to look in that. And what we're talking about in particular is 
if if I, if I I always propose this with every um, company I've ever dealt with. If you're a high level executive, you need to have a meeting with your purchasing, with your transportation, and with your compliance people all in the same room, and talk through that, and maybe even have your systems people so they can talk to figure out what systems each of them are using, so that you can find out is there synergy between those three. So. In looking at it, if there is, you're going to have a smooth supply chain generally. If there is not synergy and the left hand doesn't know what the right hand's doing, you're going to have problems. So, Grant, coming back to this, sorry for that, you know, little tidbit, but I always like to for people to know is like, well, what the heck, you know, we're talking about something that's going over my head. I, you know, let me give some context. All right, so with this. You have your systems. You're talking about being able to pull this stuff together. You're, you're talking about getting information from, you know, vendors or sources or, you know, like manufacturers or whatever, running it through your systems and process. So take us through real quick an ideal situation. Like everything's working together. It's uh, everybody's together. So it's like, and, and if I were a client of yours, mm-hmm. I want the whole ball of wax, dude, man. I mean, give me the whole herd here of everything that you can offer. What is it that's, uh, that you're able to uh, provide and, and go through, let's go through literally a process. Yeah, sure. So, so the process that we manage goes from the purchase or the issuance. So the issue, the purchase order is typically issued, as you said, in, in some kind of ERP system, Oracle, SAP, Microsoft, whatever. And third way would capture that purchase order. And that forms the foundation of all the shipments from overseas that are going to come, right? Nobody's sending you stuff that you haven't ordered. And so we, we cover the process from the purchase order, receiving that purchase order to the creation of the shipment. That's done in one of typically one of two flavors. Either someone overseas is going to advise that they're sending you a set of goods and it's going to relate back to the purchase orders that were they were ordered from. Or you might instruct the overseas uh, vendors to say, hey, I understand this stuff is ready. Please put this stuff in a container. Here's a booking number or call this mm-hmm. this agent and arrange the booking. Put this product in a container. The container is going to go on its voyage from its origination point all the way through to being, uh, well, to making it dom- landing domestically. And third wave has, is connected to a service that provides a status updates as to the progress of that shipment as it goes on its voyage. Now we're at the port. It's arrived. It's been offloaded from the vessel. We got to clear customs. So third wave covers that process. And then it's got to be either, as you said, it could be multimodal. It could go on a, on rail inland somewhere. Uh, so there are status messages again against rail that third wave is capable of capturing to provide one common view of that whole uh, voyage of the container and the product inside that container. And finally, it's going to be drayed from some kind of port to some either a customer or a warehouse and update, you know, ordering drayage, understanding what's going on at the port, what has to be ordered, what is being ordered, the demurrage and detention that goes along with that, things of that nature. And we covered all the way to receipt and the receiving of a warehouse receipt from a warehouse, if you happen to have it, and then being able to compare that warehouse receipt to your customs entry, to a product invoice, uh, to a freight invoice, to the purchase order and packing list and commercial invoice that was received for it. So all of it ties together. And if there are any errors along the way, we're able to highlight those such that you can deal with them immediately 
and then you get rid of sort of your post summary corrections and things like that, which is a trade compliance issue that is is sort of a hassle that nobody wants to deal with. Does that is that is that clear? Well, and yeah, yeah. That, the, yes. and all right. So as we're going through this process now, let's talk about this a little bit. Is that when things are moving and uh, the, the the goods are in a container? In this case, obviously moving ocean. Um, and as it's moving through, is your system working with transportation companies to track the movement of that shipment? Absolutely. Yeah. So we have a, so we use a service called vision V I Z I O N. Okay. They're, they're great. Okay. Uh, and what they do is they both aggregate all of the message sets from all of the various, uh, carriers, but then they also right. standardize them. So that one of the one of the things that you've probably heard a lot is, oh, yeah, the carrier data is garbage. It's not it, it actually isn't the carrier data for the most part is pretty good. The problem with it are the messages that you get are sometimes inconsistent. You don't always get a message, but more importantly, they're not uh, the messages themselves are not consistent. So an outgate message from Maersk could be different from an outgate message from Happy Lloyd or CG, CMA, CGM right. or whatever. And, right? and you're, you're, you're talking predominantly one is format. The second is terminology because of, you know, Maersk use one thing and, you know, CDMA, uh, what is it? CG, CM, CMA, CGM, CMA, CMA, CGM. Well, and I I should know that because I used to work for Siva, who was acquired by them. Right, shame on you. <laughs> my apologies, guys. Oh my gosh, I'm going to catch grief over That's this. Right. <laughs> I I actually have to reach out to some of my uh, former co uh, colleagues, so like they, they're going to slap me upside the head on that one. Sorry, but all right. So the formats are different. The terminology could be different. Timing could be different. I get that. So what you're doing is one of the key things is able to take this. And so people within your, within the client's company would be able to set up, I'm sure with their logons and whatever else than the appropriate flags. I want to know something when it's, uh, hits the port. I want to know someone is export. That's I want exactly to know right. something when there's a dollar amount. If, okay. So they can filter out what they want, but as this stuff is moving through and we're going through, that's fine. Um, I guess the question is, is that as this data is moving through, you're then able to then, if there's a transaction going, um, you're able to then to uh, have somebody execute a transaction that will just, in, in this case, let's just say that we're using a customs broker. You can do it, be a self-filer. That's getting into a scenario where I always tell somebody, are you going to be a broker? Or are you going to, what's, what's your company do? If you if your company is a manufacturer or a distributor of widgets, then focus on that. If you're going to be a broker, you know, it, you got to really justify, you got to take that in. You got to have the, somebody's license over. But if you can send the information, then you can send it to your broker. So let's assume we're doing that. It kicks it off. Okay. All that goes through. Then you have the electronic information where the 7501 data after you've got a release they confirm with a 7501, it comes back through your system. So with that, assumingly that when that comes into your system, it is able to reconcile that entry with the bill of lading that uh, goes into the transportation side and says, okay, from an invoicing perspective, it went through, we have a transaction, 
from any purchase orders you, you can uh, assume somehow you're tying that in and uh, with that and then the entry itself with the duties and taxes and the payments so there's an audit trail that depends on which fork of the tree goes into of accounting transportation compliance you've got within your system is able to direct somebody to the right data and it pulls it all together you got it that's exactly what the system does now can i can i mention okay. one more thing um just yeah, sure so one of the things that's often missed from a visibility perspective because you were mentioning track and trace as uh, as mm -hmm. status messages it's the status message that isn't received that ultimately is the problem. And you have to be able to understand the plan of what you're doing so that you can understand when a message is not received to know that something is out of whack. So an example of that would be on demurrage. The, re the way you know what is on demurrage is that you have an off gate or an offload from the vessel message, right, which start starts a demurrage clock. And the demurrage clock ends at the outgate, okay? And the, and the delta between them is if you is the time that it was in the port. And if that number is greater than the free days that you have, you've incurred demurrage, okay? Mm -hmm. So the right. problem is that if you haven't received an outgate message, it could mean that it hasn't been outgated, but it also could mean that you haven't received an outgate message and it has been outgated. And you don't actually know which one is right. And so what you want to be able to do is understand that an outgate message should have occurred so that when it doesn't occur, you now know that you should look into that. Right. So what you're going, let me, let me rephrase where you're going with this is that your system in the processes is able to identify whether you're getting messages or there's a lack of messages or in, somewhere in there you're able to put parameters in to identify exceptions. Correct. So if there's an exception that comes up, it's like, well, now I need to take action. Do I need to go find the information and find out what's going on? Or is it a case of we we know what's going on and now we need to deal with it so that you don't become that proverbial pooper, pooper scooper at the end of a parade, as it, I always say. You got it. That's that's exactly right. And that happens <laughs> along the entire voyage where there are messages that might or might not be received and you have to be aware of what's going on. Okay. All right. I guess this is kind of important. I want everybody to know that, for one, <laughs> this is um, Third Wave is not a sponsor of ours. I mean, they, we, we didn't get paid or anything to do this. I mean, we, we decided to put this show on because... Um, we keep on talking about supply chains, logistics, uh, trade compliance, et cetera. And Andy and I have had this conversation before. But how do you put that into action, like in an automated way? And then Andy said um, the other day he had a really good point. He said, well, I mean, there's obviously software out there that, that can do stuff like this. Um, let's talk to some of these vendors and some of these providers um, and it's kind of like, what did you say, Andy? Like a mechanic? Uh, if, you're, if you're learning how to fix an engine, you got to have oh, some yeah, engine yeah, yeah. there. Yeah, I mean, you got to have an engine there to fix that. Right? And then if Ford happens to to donate that engine, that that's what you're working on. Everything right. else is similar. It's not the same, but it's similar. So same thing here. I mean, we want to make everybody aware of their software and solutions. We're not just telling you, hey, comply with your imports, you know, comply with, uh, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, it, we do that in all the other shows. 
but we also want to let you know there's something out there and uh, be a third wave or or anything else that you might go after don't don't think that when you say i'm automated or believe me i was in the gtm field for 25 years and i used to walk into customer sites and they used to say i used to say so um y'all don't have anything automated for your whatever invoices or whatever you know and uh they would say, yeah, we do. And they showed me their automated system. It's Excel. <laughs> that, that, that doesn't mean you're automated. Right. You know what I mean? It, 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 but anyway, so that's what I'm trying to say. You know, it's, I just want to make sure everybody understands that that we're not getting paid for anything like this or, or uh, you know, it's just, just uh, we, we, we click really well with Grant and uh, we, we thought we'd bring them on the show. Yeah, and we're wanting to highlight, you know, different service providers and things of that nature. So here's right. the one thing is that, Folks, check out Third Wave. This is uh, going to be worthwhile because Grant's, uh, I mean, we're only scratching the surface here oh, of yeah. the capability. I wish we had a little bit more time to to, uh, to really dive into this. But all said and done, um, there's some opportunities here that basically, Grant, what you're offering here with your services is a way for companies more specifically, uh, the, the transportation and the compliance with the adding in of the purchasing, the accounting, the executive leadership and different things that, uh, you're, you're a tool that would help people to work smarter, not harder. Would that be a good, so, you, uh, synopsis? You got it. So can, can I give you one last quick story that, sure. that maybe will sure, resonate? Yeah. so what's amazing I find today is how when we talk to people and, and this, this was represented, we didn't realize this until we actually started digging into this. Just about all of our customers started this way. When we got there, they had file folders and each file folder represented a shipment <laughs> of some sort. And um, one of our customers, especially they had special file folders made, right? It had a checklist on, on the cover. And there were about 30 steps on that checklist and every container would go through that checklist. Yeah, and so they would take it and it was like a football and they would pass it around the organization. If, if something had to be approved, it would go over to the approval person's desk and then transportation would have to be managed and so on and so forth. And it's crazy how we live in 2022. And that's still the de facto mode of most companies. Yeah. And out of anything that we talked about today, I would say that if you are running a business or running a department that is following that process where you have a folder that is being passed around like a football, then you really ought to come talk to us because it isn't so expensive <laughs> to get off it. And the benefits are so staggering that um, it's our, our job is to help you solve that problem more than anything else in the world. It's that problem in particular. So that's just something that it, we just realized this a couple, a few days, like a couple yeah. weeks ago. Well, and, and also to all the, the folks out there that are listening, don't be afraid of, uh, you know, automation, if you will, or systems and, and people coming in going, well, it's going to eliminate my job. It's like, no, 99% of the time you're able to put your expertise or apply your expertise to the problems and the areas that need it versus you know, just pushing paper or, or moving electronic paper, as I call it, you know, digital stuff that, that's just a transaction. So, hey, all right, Grant, one, one quick question. If you could go back in time <laughs> and talk to your 21-year-old self, what would be one of the key things you would tell yourself regarding this industry? Oh boy. Regarding, so regarding whatever. Regarding whatever. Well, I, so I would say, uh, <laughs> 
probably two two count two things that might seem counter. So twenty one year old self, um, be way more patient when you're young, and soak up as much as you possibly can as you go through life because there's so much to learn, and there really isn't a race to to status or to um, money, um, notwithstanding you think that it that it is, and so just be patient as you go through and that will be rewarded in time. Um, and uh, I guess maybe it's, the, it's sort of a similar point is like my favorite saying is the, the day, the days are short or sorry, the days are long, but the years are short. And I really, really believe that, especially now that I have kids that are, it's hard to believe that uh, my oldest son's turning 16. Um, like the time just went by in a snap and it, it really, it seems like when you're in the moment, you're in hard times or things are tough or whatever, but you look back and it's like, holy cow, that all that time just disappeared. And so, um, I mean, that doesn't have to do with supply chain, but the, it, it kind of does apply to supply chain, the supply chain as well, because there's so much to learn in the supply chain. I've been here for 10 years, which is crazy. That's gone by in a snap. Um, and it's so complex and there's so much to learn. And I'm, you know, so lucky to have people like, you know, you, Andy, and you, Lalo, that, um, and, and a whole host of others that have been there and, and you can learn from, and you're willing to put yourselves out here on this kind of, of, of podcast that help educate people. It's like never been a better time for this. And um, we don't have enough of you guys around. And, and so I, I really <laughs> uh, thank you for that. Well, Grant, thank you. Um, this has been, uh, like Andy said, there's just so much information that we can, uh, we definitely can ask you back to have you back or what we do with Global Training Center. We invite people to, if you want to showcase your product or we can do a demo day and invite all our clients and everything, have them show up and do a one hour webinar or something. So and we can work on something like that so you can showcase your product a little better. Um, but, um, for now, I mean, thank you so much for this information. It, it, it was, uh, very informative. And like I said, it's like drinking from a fire hose, right? I mean, it's just so much stuff. So, well, Hey, uh, guys, I, I can't thank you enough. And, um, I, I love the opportunity to, to work with you guys. Uh, however, with your, with your customers mm -hmm. demo day, however, um, you know, I'm great that we have this relationship now and, and I'd love to come back and, and talk about uh, <laughs> other things if, uh, if you'd have it. So thank sure. you. Thank you very much for joining us. Simply Trade is brought to you by the generous contributions of Global Training Center. You can follow the show and GTC on LinkedIn or Twitter and other social networks. Make sure you check out the show notes in the description for a full rundown of today's show with all the important links. Also, make sure that you share this with a friend and subscribe on your favorite streaming platform. We really like hearing from you. If you enjoyed the show, make sure to rate and review wherever you listen to this podcast. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest in the show or would like to sponsor Simply Trade or suggest any topic you would like for us to discuss, please contact us via email at simplytrade at globaltrainingcenter.com or you can DM us on Twitter at simplytradepod. Thank you again for the privilege of your time. Happy trading. Simply Trade is not a law firm or an advisor. The topics and discussions conducted by Simply Trade hosts and guests should not be considered and is not intended to substitute legal advice. You should seek appropriate counsel for your own situation. These conversations and information are directed towards listeners in the United States for informational, educational, and entertainment purposes only and should not be substituted for legal advice. 
No listener or viewer of this podcast should act or refrain from acting on the basis of information on this podcast without first seeking legal advice from counsel. Information on this podcast may not be up to date depending on the time of publishing and the time of viewership. The content of this posting is provided as is. No representations are made that the content is error-free. The views expressed in or through this podcast are those of the individual speakers, not those of their respective employers or Global Training Center as a whole. All liability with respect to actions taken or not taken based on the contents of this podcast are hereby expressly disclaimed.